Welcome back. Coinciding with neoliberalism's annual this year virtual World Economic Forum this week, NGO Oxfam International has released its latest annual report on global inequality. It's the second since the start of the pandemic. The findings show that billionaires have just received their highest annual pay increase since records began. Meanwhile, inequality is killing one person every four seconds. Joining me now from London is Oxfam International's Head of Inequality, Max Lawson. Thanks so much, Max, for uh, coming back on again. You came uh, on last year after you co-authored the 2021 uh, report. Um, that one said that uh, billionaires uh, had got an extra $3.9 trillion. This week you released a report that makes arguably even grimmer reading, economic violence and, and inequality uh, killing, well, the duration of this show, 450 people, one every four seconds. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching billionaires and inequality for some years now, and uh, it's hard to exaggerate the scale of the increase during COVID-19. This isn't just your uh, every year increase in billionaire fortunes. This is more like a, a graph that you might see for the Omicron variant. It's an exponential growth in billionaire wealth in the last uh, year and a half or 19 months since the beginning of the pandemic. So it's absolutely extraordinary, and particularly when you contrast that with the fact that vast majority of people worldwide are seeing lower incomes than if COVID had not happened. And you've seen this sharp uptick in poverty across the world. So it's really become a, a billionaire variant, if you like, that we have to combat here and an explosion in inequality worldwide because of COVID-19. Obviously, those who support neoliberalism will say inequality is baked into the whole idea of meritocracy itself, which is what is being pursued by, well, here in Britain, all, all parties. In fact, uh, to uh, mitigate against that, here in Britain, the government, supported by the opposition, poured money, didn't they? They printed loads of money, loads of schemes, loads of loans, furlough schemes during COVID. Uh, why, why has that not levelled anything? Uh, that had an incredible positive impact. And uh, the rich nations that were able to spend money on supporting the general population did the right thing. And in stark contrast to many developing countries, who just didn't simply have the money to do that. But a lot of that money, a lot of that money that was printed by the central banks has also inflated asset prices, driven up the, the stock market. And that's where, why you're seeing this historic increase in billionaire wealth, because they are predominantly most of their wealth is held in stocks and in the market. So what we're calling for as Oxfam this year is because this is an extraordinary, almost like a wartime moment. You know, all of this money pumped into the economy, that was the right thing to do, but much of it leaking into the bank accounts of billionaires. These billionaires have not worked twice as hard in the last year and a half. They're not twice as clever, and yet they're twice as rich. So what we're saying is let's have a one-off solidarity tax of 99% and claw that money back because ultimately it's taxpayers' money, it's government money, and then let's put it to use vaccinating the world, combating inequality everywhere, instead of gathering dust in the bank accounts of the already rich. Yeah, you make recommendations, albeit that you uh, want this 99% COVID wealth tax. Why would the 2,755 billionaires listed in Forbes and the politicians they pay for ever consent to such a tax? <laughs> I mean, none of the things we're calling for are, are, are impossible, but they are very hard politically. And we have seen some countries, Argentina, for instance, has introduced a new wealth tax. Colombia is increasing their wealth tax. 
Joe Biden had plans to increase uh, taxes on the richest, which are so far being stymied by Congress. This isn't a huge swathe of new wealth taxes that we would like to see, but we do think the narrative is changing. And we do think there is a general feeling that the richest should pay more tax and politicians are seeing more space to do that. What we also saw this year in the forward to our report and many supporting materials is lots of very, very rich people coming out in favour of taxing the rich. So not just the usual NGO voices, but Abigail Disney, who is the granddaughter of Walt Disney, does the forward to our report this year. And she says very clearly that the richest people on earth have to and must pay higher taxes. So I remain optimistic that we might see greater taxation of wealth in the coming years. Yeah, we've interviewed some of the uh, some of the rich calling for for that. Of course, Biden's stimulus plan uh, stymied, uh, as you say, and some people saying actually uh, watered down heavily and actually involved in, in arms trading. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, regarding your talk about inflating uh, stock prices and uh, Wall Street and the City of London, do you, do you detect intent or is it circumstantial? The sixteen trillion dollars pumped in. Uh, to these economies during COVID uh, for it to just inflate these asset prices? Uh, I think it's a mixture of intent and uh, accident. I think, um, it, as we saw after the financial crisis, quantitative easing does very much serve the interests of the rich and the owners of assets, but it also keeps the economy afloat and keeps neoliberalism going. So I, I don't think they're doing it exclusively to benefit the richest. But let me put it this way, if it's a choice between that and greater taxation of the rich to pay for support to people with furlough and for the poorest in their society, then they're always going to choose to print money before they tax the rich. I mean, you say 10, the 10 richest doubled their wealth while 160 million were pushed into poverty. Uh, we spoke to... Uh, to uh, na Nasser Arabai, uh, in part one of this show about the airstrikes fueled by uh, armaments from Britain and the United States. Obviously, there was Gaza in May during COVID. The biggest manufacturer here is BAE Systems. What, what did COVID do amidst uh, these sorts of actions to countries like Yemen and to uh, places like Gaza? Well, I think COVID all over the world has compounded inequalities and the compounded conflicts that we already had and, and kind of driven things to the extreme. Of course, we had pre-COVID a horrific situation where we, the UK, were selling arms to Saudi Arabia and providing aid to the Yemenis to pick up the pieces in a kind of perverse circle. And, and those, those things are continuing and a lot of money is still being made from conflict and disaster. But COVID has kind of poured, pe poured petrol, if you like, on the, fly, on the fire of inequality. And we think it's likely that we're going to see an increase in inequality in almost every country on earth. We're beginning to see the evidence. There's always a lag of two or three years with the data. And many of the surveys have not been done because of lockdown or because of COVID itself. But we are beginning to see concrete evidence of sharp increases in inequality in many, many countries all over the world. And this increase in billionaire wealth is perhaps the most picturesque example of that. But the reality is a growing gap between rich and poor almost everywhere. Some of those resurgent pink tide uh, countries would uh, probably uh, not agree with that. Along with the 99% tax, you say that unions should play a greater role and uh, assert more political 
power, arguably, but I mean, as we know so well, the precariat and uh, the casualization and atomization of worker power, uh, especially, say, in, in NATO countries, how can trade unions reassert their power as people are, are more on zero-hour contracts? And, of course, during COVID, we all know about delivery workers and, and the, uh, the poorest in society that actually made society tick. Um, I think uh, I agree with you that it's very hard for workers to organise in the gig economy. But I also do think um, with the increased demand for goods, with the spike in inflation, you are seeing um, an increased demand for staff and you're actually seeing pressure for wages to go up a bit. So that's a that's a good space for unions to organise and demand more. Here in the UK, obviously, we've got the compounding influence of Brexit as well. So I think it, it, it's still the case the economy is, is rigged against workers, but I think uh, the ability to organise and fight back is always there and they should do. If I could just say something a little bit about the, the pink tide point you made as well. I was talking just today from a colleague in Chile and we're remarkably excited about developments in Latin America. We really hope they, they can turn the tide on rising inequality. But the first uh, country to report data during COVID-19 is Colombia, actually, where you've seen a big sharp increase in inequality in the last year and a half, which will probably have an impact on their upcoming elections. So we, we, we remain optimistic that these new governments in Latin America can do something to turn this around. But the more we can shed a light on the inequality crisis and the inequality virus, the more we hope that can happen. Yeah, no sign of the end of neoliberalism in Colombia, arguably. We invite their no. ambassador. We've spoken to the president of Bolivia on this uh, uh, programme, and uh, I think viewers of Going Underground know all about uh, uh, the very different policies, arguably, between Chile and, and Colombia. You, uh, I suppose you welcome that uh, actually Oxfam and the IMF both agree about the increase in inequality, but then you... Uh, you, you go down hard on uh, the Washington IMF saying that the loan repayments, 85% of COVID loans, uh, you say 73 countries, look set to uh, be pushed into austerity, poverty by uh, IMF policies? Yes, I mean, we have the same uh, disjunct between what the IMF says and what the IMF does, which we've now had for a, more or less a decade since the financial crisis. We have this solid and genuine recognition by the IMF at, at the senior level that there is going to be this sharp increase in inequality, that that is deeply concerning. We even have the chief economist of the IMF calling for greater taxation of wealth and solidarity taxes. But then when you comb through the loan agreements that are on the table for all of these developing nations, it's more of the same. You know, it's cutbacks in spending, it's higher taxes on the poor, VAT. So really, the actual reality of what the IMF means in most countries is going to be more austerity, more pain and more inequality unless something changes. The yeah, IMF say they are pausing some uh, repayments. There's so much, obviously, in the report. Um, I mean, on the environment, you seem to be suggesting that the billionaires are not only taking the money, they're destroying the entire planet as well. 20 billionaires, 8,000 times the carbon emissions of the poorest. But I actually just want to finish, because it was Martin Luther King Day on uh, Monday. Um, you, you say if life expectancy was equal in the USA, um, black Americans would be alive today. 3.4 million would be alive today that are not alive today in the United States. How do you get that figure? Well, it's not us doing those numbers, but it is really, it really amazing. There are very few countries that collect data on race and the unequal life expectancy um, between black and white people, both uh, overall and because of COVID-19. And 
it's really, really interesting to see the discrepancy and how that's been exaggerated by the COVID-19 experience. You are much, much more likely to die from COVID-19 if you're black than if you're white, both in the US, but also in other countries like Brazil and here in the UK. And that's not just because it's those countries. They are the only countries who count these things. So we don't know what's the case in the rest of the world, but we do think there is definitely a very much a racial and a gender element to the inequality story that compounds this gap between rich and poor uh, to give us this inequality virus. Max Lawson, thank you.